With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's always soccer in Philadelphia. And it's always positive in Philadelphia. For the first time in a long time. Dave Zeitlin's here, back in the studio. Hello. I'm Kevin Kincaid, Baxter. Um, Not here. Shit, I left him outside. Hang on, let me go get him. <laughs> I smoke two joints in the morning. I smoke two joints at night. I smoke two joints in the afternoon. It makes me feel all right. All right, yeah, I just uh, went downstairs <laughs> and got him. He's here now in the studio. Sorry, man, I, did, I left you outside for like five hours. Do you have any comment, Baxter? Yeah, I just uh, he goes out back and he just lays... Uh, he lays on the concrete and just uh, soaks up the sun, and I totally life. forgot he was out there. But here he is now. Here he is. And you're here now. Um, and the Philadelphia Union are good at soccer. Breaking news. Yeah. I think this is uh, this is the positivity podcast. We didn't even know how to do it. For 20, for what do we say? I don't know what to do with my arms. <laughs> the, the Union are good. <laughs> I know. We've been, we've been yearning for this uh for this podcast for a while that's gonna be the theme well actually you know bobby warshaw was pretty positive last week yeah um and now it's kind of looking like he's, he's a homer knew. though he's from here oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's nice to, i mean it's it's been you know woe is me and you know kind of the same old stuff uh for most of the year on the podcast i mean we, we did the you know we've seen this movie before whatever uh here we are on august 22nd now um they're one game below 500 uh, firmly entrenched. Well, not firmly entrenched, but they're fifth place in the East right now. Yeah. Um, and there's some, you know, there's some reality of other teams not playing well and stuff like that. But I'm trying not to focus on that. I mean, there's a lot going. There's a lot of uh, yeah. good stuff to talk about for the first time in a long time. I mean, if you look at the last two weeks, the three wins to get to to an Open Cup final, to win a game on the road after blowing a lead late, and then beating a top three team in the league, it's got to be. Right up there with the best two-week stretch in team history or the best uh, uh, three-game winning streak across all competitions, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and you get the combined momentum going back and forth from the Open Cup win, which gives you motivation for the next game, and then they they had the, the road win in Houston. You know, it, se- it seems like it's kind of a kind of like a snowball of, like, positive things that are, you know, from different kind of categories, you know. It's not just to me that they won – three games in a row in all competition it's that they've won a couple games on the road mm-hmm. um it's that they won a, a six-pointer you know against a team that was above them in the standings yeah. um they beat a team that was they beat a good new york team at home that was way above them in the standings it's the first so time it's not just it's the first time that this year that they've beaten a top three or four team top three or four team yeah the league so it's, with stars they've been losing to all those teams so yeah so it's to me like also the circumstance of how of, of what games they've won and how they're doing it um so I don't know. Why don't, why don't you pick where we want to start? You were just down at the um, yeah, I was the down the presser. Conference. I mean, yeah, things are good. No major storylines. I mean, I talked to Jim about the last two weeks. I asked like what it's been like because there's more like national buzz around this team. It seems like people are paying attention. Uh, he, you know, Jim saying all the right things about they haven't accomplished anything yet, which is true. Uh, he said the team just has more confidence and it's showing in training. He mentioned a three v two game that they do and it kind of yielded 
eight or nine goals where in the past it's only yielded like one or two uh mm-hmm. the small-sided game so i mean they're playing well uh people are healthy um things are good they should win this game you'd think against um new england coming up so uh What's your take? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. Too I, many good things. I, well, I think last week... I can't week, keep track of them all. <laughs> no, no, I mean, well, last week, I think when I was talking to Bobby, I think the, you know, the prevailing thought in my head was, yeah, they're in good form right now. They seem to have, like, found an identity. Um, they've sort of figured out what they are. Um, you know, it doesn't change the fact that, as of right now, we're still talking about a sub-500 team. Uh, let's get it back to 500, and let's get the goal differential into the positive before we start you know talking about what more this team can do but because i think i think the reality of it is still you know if i told you we've been talking about this from day one on the podcast it, you know is fifth or sixth place does that do anything for you i mean do you like them say they continue in this form and they like they win two games and they lose a game and draw and then maybe they come back and win two games and they end up you know like say they end up fifth place or something do you like them going to columbus in a in a one game wild card and winning winning that probably not but columbus is the one game where you think they might have a shot in a 5-4 i think at this point you got to break it down like if they win the open cup and they get in the playoffs as a five or six it's a good season yeah if they lose the open cup final and they get in the five or six and they lose the first playoff game it's probably not a good not a great season i mean getting in the playoffs is is something they've only been there twice yeah so i would say it's not great if they win the open cup final and then they win a playoff game too it's clearly the best season in franchise history at that point you talk about you know jim Curtin probably coming back um ernst tanner having a lot of momentum to yeah. build it yeah in the offseason so i mean they're in position now i mean i think they can win the open cup uh the dynamo are not very good they're playing on the road, so that's tough. And they um, beat them there once yeah. this season with the red card, but whatever. Yeah. Um, and then being a five or six in the playoffs is, is something. It puts them in position to possibly win, and then they still have an outside chance of getting to the four if Columbus uh, kind of tanks at the end. But um, Yeah, because yeah. I just don't – I mean, looking at the standings now, 33 points – uh, 1.38 points per game. I think if they were in the West, they would be sev- seventh or eighth still. Um, so the conferences aren't are unbalanced this year, but they got 10 wins, 11 losses, three ties, 34 goals for, 39 against. They still have a negative five goal differential. Uh, you know, and if the playoffs started today, they would go to Columbus in the wild card game as, as a 5-4. Um, you know, if they drop down to sixth, um, you know, in Montreal or New England jumps in or something, then you're going to NYC or Red Bull probably for – uh, you know, the 3-6 game. I, I would like their chances better at, at Red Bull because um, they've shown that they've been able to have success yeah. there in the past. And New York is like – New York City is like 10-0-2 yeah. at home this year. Yeah, so, Red, so Bull, yeah. Yeah, Red Bull's tough. They're they're really good. They're fighting for the uh, shield even. But um, but Toronto, I mean, did we see Toronto and Chicago doing this at the beginning Chicago, of the year? Chicago, I mean, 23 possibly. Points last place. Toronto surprising. I mean, a lot of that stems from the early season – uh, Concacaf Champions League stuff, but I did not expect. I mean, like we both thought in the summer they'd start winning games, but um. But we we said, and but we've always said. I mean, from the very first one that we did this season, I think like the theme of it was if the Union are in playoff position, who's not? Like, I think you know yeah. who's who's going to give up. That I think spot? five. Like, we didn't see it. There yeah. was Chicago or Toronto. No, I'm surprised a little bit by that. I'm surprised a little by Orlando. Just looking at their roster coming into the season, they haven't been able to put it together. But I thought they had some talent. I think right now. Yeah. Five and six, if you're just looking, if you're assuming Columbus has a four, I think five and six comes down to four teams, Philly, 
Montreal, DC, and Toronto. DC is interesting. Yeah. I think New England's trending in the wrong direction. I think they're Probably. done. I, I don't like Brad Friedel's his decisions of not playing Kellen Rowe. What he did. Yeah. With Lee Wynn, I I think they're going downhill. DC is really coming up fast. They have a nice front four now. I don't know how much have you seen of them, but with Rooney's yeah. really making a big difference yeah. there. Yeah. Well, and they've got and the Costa playing well, and they've got that classic backloaded yeah. home game schedule with Audi Audi Field being new. They've only played twenty two right now, so they're yeah. they're at twenty seven points in one. So I'd be worried about three. Toronto and DC catching from behind. Montreal, you know, they're pretty good. They're probably comparable with the Union. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen much Montreal this year? I mean, they, I, I mean, they give up a lot of goals. Um, I'm not really convinced they have the defense to do it, but they do have a lot of nice attacking pieces. Uh, seems like they're figuring it out, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, if you beat New England this weekend, you're going to 36 points. Yeah. They're stuck on 29. So if you win a pair of six pointers against them, that's that's massive. And you're seven points uh, above the line with than nine games yeah left. so real quick let me we, so what's we, your pick if, if you had to pick two teams for the five and the six i think i'd probably go philly and dc what do you think philly and dc probably i don't you know agree with what that, yeah. Order. yeah um it just seems crazy toronto's not gonna make the playoffs after making the after winning the well and the, Cup. the union's back and schedule i'm trying to do math here at the same time the union's back end schedule um isn't too tough either yeah. you know they still have to go to seattle uh, but yeah. they got Portland out of the way. They got at LA out of the way. I feel like they should just forfeit that Seattle game after what happened going to Portland yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. the flight delays and playing or their just backups. Stay, <laughs> just stay at home. Yeah. Um, or yeah, just send got... like the steel. Maybe. Could they do that? Could they just send the Bethlehem steel to Seattle? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the worst idea, is it? Yeah. Um, I mean, you've got Orlando coming up. You've got Kansas City at home. Yeah. Um, you have another Western team at yeah, home. I mean, Don't, yeah, that Open Cup game is right in the middle, so that that's going to be challenging, but I guess you could look at it yeah. two ways with the Open Cup. I mean, Ke- I talked to Keegan after the game, and he said playing the Open Cup games is tough on the lineup sometimes, but it also helps with confidence, so... Yeah, so, true. So, so they're kind of building off those games, and it kind of helped them in league Well, play, wouldn't so. the irony... Yeah, of course, wouldn't the irony now be, like, God forbid they, they've put... You know, they focus on the Open Cup and run out of... Missed playoffs. A crappy lineup the game before, and that ends up costing the playoffs, but I... And then they lose the Open Cup? That... <laughs> And now you get nothing. That would be very union-like. You come out with nothing. If they don't win the Open Cup and miss the playoffs, it's uh, it's going to be riots down uh, Flower Street in Chester. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on Seaport Drive. So so they're on one – they have 1.38 points per game right now. So if that continues – so say 1.38 times 34 games. He's doing a great job with his calculator on his phone right now. my left hand. I'm not good with my left hand. Um, <laughs> that puts him at 46.92. So if they continue on this path, they'd have 47 points. Which could be – enough i think I, I think it might be right around 46 47 i mean and that would be a five like a four to five point upgrade from 42 which yeah had the last two seasons yeah i mean 47 probably gets you in for sure um probably but you'd like to get that's to 50 not just to be safe but. To, yeah the the um the 2011 team they finished with 48 was it 48 points? Was that was a but team did with they not highs, play, right? But did they play 34 games that year? I, I think, yeah, let me check real quick. 2011, they were 11, 8, and 15 for so 48 games. points. So 1.41. 15, 15 times. They had 15 times? <laughs> what were we doing that Jesus. year? Yeah. <laughs> well, now, so here's the thing. If they get the, the 2013 team that actually had more wins, 
Yeah, for less point. Yeah. Than the 2011 team, but not as many points. Right. So if 2013 so union, had 46, that's pretty good. So the Union, what 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 are they? They have 10 wins right now. So they need to win three out of their last 10 games to set the franchise record for the most wins. And the 2016 team got in with 42 points. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah, and I think st- I think to this day they were the worst. Uh, well, not, not the well, I mean not the worst. Well, they had the lowest point total, you know. Yeah. Um. So anyway, I, I yeah, I mean, I I could see it happening. I just didn't, you know. Again, I I want to give as much credit as possible to the union for playing well and and figuring it out and starting to to play within themselves. But, uh, you know, the reality is that also, I did not see Toronto and Chicago being being like this either. Um, so I mean, but that sometimes that's what it what's what it takes, yeah. you know. I mean, they, they credit the union for taking advantage of that and filling filling the gap and, um, you know, beating Chicago on the road. Um, you know, taking care of business at home for the most part. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they are, they're, they're rounding out and showing that they're at least competitive and they're not, even when the union have struggled over the last couple of years, they, there's not a lot of games where they go out and just get blown out of the water. Yeah. You know, for the most part, they're pretty competitive and everything. Uh, and the game the other night, um, defense was very good. Um, Corey Burke, I thought was good again. Yeah, did Jack Elliott was fantastic. Let's talk about Burke. Did you have any idea he'd be this good? I mean, six goals in six games in any union are six zero and zero in those games in which he's yeah he no starts. so no he, I mean if you, yeah look if if you told he's me the one that, who's like he's changing the season he's well what did what did everybody say at the beginning of the year I mean like when they when the press release about Corey Burke getting promoted came out people were like eh. it wasn't much of a story yeah. yeah yeah and I mean people who watched Steel last year knew that he had some skill and knew that in, he was yeah. a player but it wasn't like it wasn't a yeah, it wasn't a sexy signing. It wasn't inter- like yeah. a, a get excited. Like a com was at the yeah. airport and do- Dodge call, whatever. But, uh, you know, so far Burke has done more than David David Acom has. Well, 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 let me plug Matt DeGeorge's article on The Athletic today. He talked to uh, Brendan Burke and James Chambers about Corey at the Steel. And it, it's an interesting story because if you remember, they scouted him for, from Jamaica he came to the steel in their first year. What, what in, part in, of Jamaica? <laughs> in uh, he came to steel in, 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 in 2016, and he really yeah. wasn't that good. I think he only had like four goals. And Matt was talking to Jim and to Brendan. The decision to actually bring him back to the steel for 2017, he was a fringe player. They were yeah. like, he's kind of old. He was like 24 at the time. Like, should we bring this guy yeah. back? I'm I'm 33, <laughs> and you're and you're a couple years older yeah, than yeah. me, so I can't imagine. No, I know. Yeah. It's weird. So, uh, so they decided to bring him back, and he had a big year. For, he had a he had a good year for the Steel, and then he had a good year for the Union. But he's a guy that really you you point to that pipeline with the Steel, and he's the first one that's really taken advantage of having a true minor league team to yeah. come to the U.S. to take your time to grow. The Union gave him two years in the minors to really turn into what he is, and now he's you know one of the best players in the team, one of the best goals per minute yeah. uh, ratios in the league. So. I don't know it, if there's it's a cool story. Yeah, I don't know if he's done anything on the field that's like that says to me like he's a you know, he's a polished like next level like you know, 15 goal scorer, but I think what he does really well is he takes his chances when they come. Yeah. And he attacks the ball and he knows what he's looking for and he knows what he's doing for the most part. You know, I think of the headed goal that he scored a couple weeks ago against Chicago, I want to say, where I'm sitting here thinking I'm like Jay Simpson doesn't attack that ball, and CJ doesn't CJ, attack yeah. that ball that way either. Well, you, you look at the last game, and he, yeah, he, like you said, he took his chance so well. He's a, he's just a natural goal scorer. One touch to your outside yeah. foot, just lay it in. Just the put front. it in the yeah. net. Mm-hmm. And CJ Sapong, you've seen time and again, just kind of bungle the ball like right around goal, and or just miss wide and high. And 
it really doesn't seem like CJ. CJ is a hard worker. He does a lot of things well. He doesn't seem like a natural goal scorer in the same way Corey Burke is. No, he's just yeah. Corey's just a good finisher. Um, you know, he doesn't you know get get bogged down by the same physical battles with the center backs that that Sapong does. I don't know if if Corey's hold up play is is as good as CJ's was last year or the year before. Um, but they're not really that kind of team anymore. I mean, th- this this midfield trio now when you watch them, they get better and better as the game goes on. Medunin, Doge, Colin Bedoya around minute 55 60 65 70 they just sort of like start clicking and uh they start passing triangles around teams and uh that rosenberry gets forward helps out in possession with that um ray gaddis has had a really good year um doesn't do anything too complicated you know plays good triangles with madunian and elliot i think is a better passer than mckenzie is west Um, virginia both of them did you know that yeah how about that man if you told me that uh (laughs) Yeah, Will Greer, who I think if they t- he's our uh, Heisman candidate quarterback. Um, <laughs> Thanks for the most popular. Well, just for context, does nobody know what the hell I'm talking yeah. about? Who? But if I mean, if you told me that, you know, those two guys would be part of this, and what would they like have done they in Morgantown if Jack Elliott, after scoring two goals, would have become the first center back in MLS history to get a hat trick? Would they have rioted in the streets? Would they have burned oh. some couches? <laughs> No, they would have said, uh, who? Because <laughs> not, they're not like, I know. you know, they're not like <clears throat> redneck bumblefucks down there, but it's, you know, it's a football and basketball. We haven't talked so. since then. Though. How about Jack Elliott coming out of well, his sabbatical to get a brace in the first like 20 yeah. minutes? Well, amazed. we've had, but we've had that question a couple of times on the podcast. Like, who, you know, who do you start? Do you start Mark McKenzie or Jack Elliott? Or, you know, is Jack Elliott in the sophomore slump? And he's not. His situation is not like Keegan Rosenberg. Yeah, he was or, never in a slump. Or Derek Jones. He, he wasn't in a slump. He, he w- just came he out. He wasn't of the in the best form in the beginning of the year, maybe, but he was fine. And then he got hurt. And then they decided they wanted and Mark then McKenzie. McKenzie was and, playing well. And they so decided they, they wanted in. this story. I mean, in, in a sense that they wanted Trusty and McKenzie playing together. These guys knew each other. They're homegrowns. And McKenzie's good. But it's not like Jack yeah, Elliott is exactly. like 29 years old and like almost done. He's you know, young he's, too. He's. he's, he's not that far off of being a homegrown player. He's a second-year draft pick. You yeah. know? So I, I don't really – I mean, you've got a good problem to have. You have three young center backs who are all worthy of, of being on the field, you know? And in theory, Josh Yarrow is still on the team and Richie yeah, Marquez. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I know. It's crazy, isn't it? It's um, crazy that they're, like, top draft pick from a couple of years ago. Now they're, like, fifth-string center I back. Know, man. Hey, that's a good problem to have. And this is a, pod, this is a positive podcast, um, <laughs> as it always is. And uh, I like that you have to keep ta- you have about. to keep telling yourself. <laughs> this is the the positivity podcast. We're being very positive. I think we've I, actually I think we've just found the title um, for this one. The I'm positivity write, podcast. Yeah, is that dumb? He's well, writing whatever. it down in pen, so it has to happen now. Yeah, next to my other note here. Um, um, any other players you want to talk about? Um, Bedoya, I want to mention. I, I you mentioned Gaddis too. Do you want to give him a shout for if he plays a full ninety this week? He'll be he'll pass Brian Carroll's the all time. Um, um, leader in minutes in franchise history. Yeah, that's something else, huh? Um, more than Latou, Latou I guess. I guess huh? yeah. yeah. Well, and Gaddis is the longest tenured player on the team. A guy who, like I, you know, my criticism of Ray always in the in the past had been that he's not really like an attacking guy. He's not really going to give you much going forward. Uh, not on his natural right foot, and certainly not on his left foot. But 
you know, he's always been a very good 1v1 defender. Um, you know, always tracks back and gets back into position for the most part. I mean, he's a speedy kind of guy, a good 1v1 defender. And, uh, you know, Matt Real's not ready. And, uh, you know, Fabinho, I think, is probably pretty much done. And so Gaddis has always been there from day one to kind of step in and do an adequate job at in that position. And I think this year you're seeing more – I think Ray is – just more com- comfortable, more confident there. You know, he ha- he's he has a lot of good passing sequences, and he's getting a little bit further up on the left side. He's not, you know, he still hits some wild, you know, a couple shots <laughs> that don't really amount to anything, and a couple crosses that don't amount to anything. But he's getting in more advanced positions, and looks like he's just more comfortable pinging the ball around with Madunian yeah. in and with whoever's in front of him on the left side. You know, he's not really had a lot of. Typically, the better possession players on this union team are on the end up playing right mid, because uh, Bedoya and Rosenberry end up drifting. Up. Rosenberry yeah. plays on that side, and Bedoya drifts over there naturally. So it's kind of Ray and Madunian and maybe Pico or whoever's on the left. That's not as strong of a possession and control group, uh, you know, as it is on the right side. But I think he's really Im- improved that part of his game for sure. Yeah, you know? I think Jim mentioned this is probably his uh, best year, and he's had a few good years. So. Um, it- yeah, props to Ray because, I mean, no one thought he was going to start. I mean, uh, Fabinho looked like he had the left-back position, and then uh, Matt Real was coming up, and then all of a sudden Gaddis is like, hey, I'm still here too. So. Yeah, and you're wondering what if he's just, you know, back up, back up right back to Keegan Rose. He came into the year as, the, yeah, as Keegan's yeah. backup. Or Keegan and Ray were, were battling for that right-back spot. That was a preseason competition, I think. And, yeah. And Keegan's had a good year too. Like, you mentioned him before as being part of the whole, the whole like, one-touch passing beautiful soccer thing that the Union are all – I go all of a sudden good at like Keegan's playing a big part in that yeah. with the midfielders and there have been some some cool clips online of just how crisp their passing has been and yeah they had that it's one weird. Uh, sequence on yeah. the second half the other night where they looked like Barcelona for I, a minute and I was I was I know, sitting I was like, by who, myself I was watching like, who is like, this team like, what the fuck am I looking at here it was great um, Alejandro Bedoya I thought really made the first goal yeah um, because when he makes uh, that driving run yeah with that run yeah uh, what that does is it just puts a you know. Who was playing uh, on the left? Oh, Callens. Alex Callens playing on the left. You know, sees that coming, and so he's got a peel, and he's got to pass off um, Corey Burke. Uh, Chanel gets caught in no man's land, and then the center backs kind of get crossed up. You know, they teach you when you're a center back that, uh, you know, assuming you're playing like a four four two, and you have a left center back and a right center back, that you're not supposed to cross over each other. Yeah, you're not supposed to. It's not like man-to-man basketball where I'm going to run to the left side of the field and stay with my guy. You know, you say, hey, look at your left shoulder. Corey Burke's making a run behind you or whatever, you know. Um, so if you make a run that gets the center backs twisted like that, you're always supposed to pass off and leave the guy and, and hold your zonal position, you know. So what Bedoya does there is he freezes the center back to the point where they kind of get stacked on top of each other. You know, they look like a stopper and a sweeper for a minute. But that gives Doge call enough room to – to play in Corey Burke and all he has to do is take one touch and, mm. and shoot and that's the game winning goal you know so you've changed your mind on Madoya he's a great center mid <laughs> best 11 number 8 in the league I still think he's playing I out know. of position I know that's what I'm saying but, here's I'm a, but, but that's the thing it's like you, you but you see those like good qualities that he has going forward we knew they tried to play him as a 10 and he's not a 10 he said nah. as much that he wasn't a he's 10 but, but when he was playing right wing he knew how to do those veteran little savvy things that don't count on on a score sheet and that the the commentators don't see. Yeah. Um, All of a sudden now, though, we have kind of a log jam at the wing because Fafa comes back from his uh, suspension. Herbers has been playing better. He's back. He, El Senior. He didn't 
he missed last game was with his uh, sister's wedding. I don't know if you know yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then um, right. El Sino, yeah. I mean, w- one of the best goals of the season, Yeah. I guess. I mean, he's had two of those goals. Which El Sino goal did you like better, this one or the uh, Chicago one? The Chicago one, I think. Yeah, because they were Schweinsteiger. As much as as much as this is a really good goal by El Sino, there's some shit defending <laughs> just, too yeah, by, Ma- by Matarita just like stuck a back leg out or yeah. something. And he got so pissed off. He got he got. Yeah, he funny. got done so dirty on that play that he tried to injure him, yeah. him at the end of it, you know. And and New York showed up like they weren't looking, um, like they really weren't themselves. I know they haven't been great on the road this year, but they're not. They're looking ahead to the Red Bulls clash tonight. I think so. I think so. And it's not, again, it's not to take away anything from the Union because you and I have, have said on this podcast plenty of times before that when teams come down to talent and they're not like 100% dialed in or yeah. whatever, that the Union are pretty good at like dispatching yeah clubs that come also, in half Also, the one thing yeah. that was noticeable is the uh, the um, visitor section. I guess you weren't there in the stadium, but it was the biggest visitor section I've seen. And the fans, you just notice the fans more. It just, it feels like a different league almost. Like, they're outside the stadium. They're all, like, meeting each other. They're like, hey, New York City, New York City. So, they, they seem like they have a good fan base, and it, it made yeah. the atmosphere nice. Well, when honest, does yeah. uh, when do the union go down to D.C.? That's coming is that up. Is the end it, of the, or is No, it's, like, next Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, that's the road game. Yeah. The one that's coming up. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that should be good. I don't know. Are they? Are there? Their fans still like protesting or whatever down there? Like their supporter uh, groups, like still have. I some think they got that squared away. Yeah, with the supporters group thing. So. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So they have New England coming up Saturday, and then a quick one at DC Wednesday, and then they're at Orlando. Yeah. So that's yeah. a quick uh, three game week, and then they're off. So. Yeah, so what do you think of those three games coming up? Uh, how many points would you like to get? Five? I mean, you, you definitely want three versus New England. One at D.C. is probably decent. Could be nice to get three at Orlando. If you go – well, I think they'll win at home on versus Saturday, England, so that's yeah. three. I think, I think they'd probably – well, how many – does D.C. play Saturday? Too. Maybe yeah. they catch it. Maybe they can pip a point there and at least a point in Orlando. I could see them getting. Yeah, DC's like, been almost unbeatable at Audi Field. That they won three yeah. games there in eight days. Yeah, so. four to six. I don't know. I'll say four to six points out of those next three. Yeah. Uh, either either like a win loss win or two or wins like loss. a win draw draw or win draw loss. Yeah, I, I don't think they win three in a. I don't. They haven't yeah. been tying much at all this season. It's kind no, of funny. no, it's strange, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I forgot about the 2011 team that just had a ton of <laughs> ton of draws, but they didn't. They didn't lose it, or they lost one game at home. I think they lost to Colorado at home that year, but it was a lot of, um, you know, if you're not, if you can't win, don't lose. You know, that gets you points as well. Um, I don't know what else did I did I miss? Uh, uh, I think we got it all. Um, you want to do questions? Yeah, sure. We've had a lot. Adam Najem, so yeah, Afghanistan. You, did you, uh, I yeah, talked to him today. To yeah, him? I got him for like ten minutes. You know, it's it's kind of a cool, unique story. I mean, he had never been there before. He got the message on Facebook from someone. Uh, his, his dad's still kind of connected, so he, mm-hmm. he went. He said they, he couldn't really see the city much for obvious reasons. You know, it's a war-torn country. and So he was yeah. in the hotel, but he said the atmosphere in the stadium was awesome. Was Their cool. fans were there like three hours before the game, and he, he got to play and start, and he played pretty well. So, yeah, it's uh, a hell of an experience, man. It's yeah, cool. hopefully it's a cool thing. And yeah, yeah. people forget, he, he wasn't like that far off the depth chart before the season. He kind of lost his place to, to Fontana. But Fontana. Yeah, he's still yeah, a yeah. decent prospect. He's probably probably doesn't have much of a future with with the union just because of just because of like Fontana is their like number ten of the future. But he, he's a decent player. He he was good yeah. in college. He was good with the Red Bulls Academy, and he had some moments last year. So hope for uh, the best for him. You uh, transcribe my rant 
Um, oh, Wayne Rooney. You like that one? Did you like that? That was great. Yeah, I don't. I you know I, maybe uh, it was too yeah, many, too many expletives in there, but uh, <laughs> I, I was just that's fired. what made the rant. I was fired. No, I agree with that too. Because I had that point on Twitter where it was like, you can't have it both ways. These haters are like, first they're trashing Zlatan and Rooney for being washed up. <laughs> for being done, for just wanting a paycheck, for going to a retirement league. And then yeah. when they actually work hard and bust their ass and they make great plays, like, oh, well, it's MLS is terrible. It's, I know, yeah, like, it's you, like, you can't yeah. have it both ways. Either call MLS a retirement league or call it a shitty league. But yeah. like, just like try to be consistent with your criticism. And if you truly think that these guys don't care and they're terrible and they're old and they're still dominating, then... Yeah your opinion of MLS is like so low, it's almost hard to even take you seriously. Well, yeah. And I just, that's why I point to like Peter check, almost kicking the, <laughs> the ball into his net when they were trying to build out of the back last week at Arsenal. I mean, I could cherry pick you know, the same play. Oh, Baxter. Hey. He doesn't yeah, agree with us. Oh, there's guys working on it. Do you hear that car alarm going off? Yeah. In the background? I don't know what the hell that is. Baxter, what do you see, man? Is that the first time he's talked on the podcast? Yeah. Well, <laughs> All it took was getting the uh, Euro snobs. He's pissed off. Yeah, he, this is he, yeah, this is how he feels about the people that disrespect uh, Euro snob dogs. Yeah, who um, would be a Euro snob dog or dog owner at the park? Like, what's the equivalent? Um, <laughs> somebody who's like got a really really fancy expensive <laughs> breed, but they like they 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 won't go and adopt a dog yeah, from exactly. the shelter. Exactly. You know? So yeah, uh, but MLS I just, fans are like the adopted dog owners. Like we're rescuing these dogs. <laughs> yeah. We're like nurturing them. Right. Like, if you're they're doing with MLS. <laughs> We're trying to rescue American soccer. If you're a uh, Philadelphia Union <laughs> fan, you probably rescued a pit bull at some point. And if you, uh, if you're a uh, Arsenal fan, you probably went and bought like a <laughs> like three hundred dollar <laughs> Af- <laughs> Afghan hound or something. We get in trouble for this, dog people. Facts. <laughs> go see what's going on down there. Okay. Uh, he's gonna go check it out. Um. There's these people have been working on this house next door for like forever, and it's it's been like a year and a half, and they're still not done, as you can see. Uh, well, not the listeners, you can't see, but um, yeah, I, I, you know, you could cherry pick all these, uh, you could cherry pick bad plays out of the Premier League, but I'm not, you know, gonna say that that is a is a tells the story of the Premier League. I mean, the World Cup, there was a bunch of own goals and stuff like that, but I'm not gonna sit there and say, well, international soccer is shit. You yeah, know? it's also like, why do you you see this amazing play by Wayne Rooney and this amazing goal and and this drama like why is your first reaction oh that's bad defending like just focus like it's sports like focus on the amazing part of it <laughs> yeah right, like, right not the bad part yeah, you of it. sound like a negadelphian like <laughs> like they sound like us you know yeah uh but the but i one of my favorite quotes regarding that was when david Moyes was here in 2012 um with ever or 2011 with everton and uh i think i asked him i was like you know a lot of people make uh you know, a lot of people overseas, a lot of people in the UK or whatever want to say that it's a retirement league and blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, do you, do you, f- I forget what I asked him. I said, like, do you feel that way or do you sense that or something? And he basically said, he said, yeah, but it doesn't really matter what they think. <laughs> he's right. like, he's like, we're the ones over here playing these preseason games and, you know, playing friendlies against, uh, you know, MLS teams and stuff like that. So we know a good player when we see a good player. No, nobody's. Again, nobody's sitting here saying MLS is the Premier League, but anyway. Um, all right, yeah, we want to get into questions. Yeah, so questions. We got, yeah. We've right. had a lot lately. I'm trying to get to – I feel like the volume of questions goes up after each podcast, but since we're a, a podcast of, of the people, uh, we want to make sure we try to get to everybody. We need uh, to hire a producer. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Somebody to do these for us. Uh, the first one is from uh, Richard McGovern, it looks like, right? 
Uh, well, let's do him last. Why don't we? Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, it's probably something about Dutch football. All right, I'll just pull your tweet up. Is uh, all right. Uh, Mike okay. asks if the union win the uh, USAC and quality qualify for CCL, will they treat it better, market it better than what they normally do for the Open Cup, or will it be disappointing? Oh, if they host a CCL game. Well, yeah, I mean, imagine if well, yeah, imagine if like, like Club America or and T- it's like Tigres and it's like two thousand it's like two thousand fans, <laughs> or it's like all the Club America fans come down from like New York uh, to fill the stadium. Yeah, and then yeah. you're, you're like or like all the Costa, like Costa Rican yeah. fans like if if they draw like a like a Saprisa or like a Herediano or something like that. Imagine like yeah. if you're then doing that doing that whole song and dance, you yeah. know. You don't so, want to. Yeah. You don't want to run into that either. I, I feel like the union don't necessarily market open cup games poorly. I feel like it's just hard to sell tickets. I guess because it's not part of the the season ticket package. And so you could market it as well. You, you can yeah. market it as as good as anybody, but people still don't understand what it is. Right. Like I've tried explaining it to like casuals. That's true. Yeah. All the time, like some of the crossing broad guys, I'm like, well, it's like yeah, they play it's a tournament new during england, a league right yeah and yes new england is in mls but this is a, a different competition like i don't know i mean maybe we just take it for granted since we're so familiar with it but uh jared remster this looks like some of the best form the team has been in and the crowd last week was the best i've seen it in a while have they turned a corner or is this all false hope <laughs> Never get your hopes up. No, no, I, no. I mean, no. like we said, I think people it's were fine to be so excited. people were so anxious for something positive to talk about and like a good stretch of form that, uh, yeah, I think I, I don't, I don't think people are stupid. I don't think anybody's out here saying they're world beaters all of a sudden. But the bar was was set so low uh, over many years that, like, yeah, people should have a reason to be excited. Yeah, why not? Um, let's see. Uh, Mitchell Dandignac, wow. Uh, how much tactical change will it be to go from Ernie's counter-pressing system to Tanner's high-press uh, system? Does this require fundamentally different types of players than the union currently have? Say that again, to go from Ernie's To go from counter- Ernie's counter-pressing to Tanner's high-press. I mean, we haven't really seen Tanner's style yet. I mean, uh, I, I think they do pl- like ho- the high-press thing anyway, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't... I'd say in general, like, you know, the thing with counter-pressing is that you can do it anywhere on the field, you know. Um, counter-pressing basically just means that, you you know, you're trying to win the ball back uh, immediately after you lose it in sustained possession and whatnot. And, and high-press is more of, you know, like what Red Bull does is they try to they try to trap and, and turn you over higher up the field so that your starting points are, are higher up the field, right? Um, right. But, I mean, in in both cases, you need to have – you know, athlete, you know, a counter pressing team, like a, like a classic, like Barcelona or something, when you try to win the ball back within five or six seconds or whatever it is, that's assuming that you're going to be able to then possess the ball and keep it when you get it, you know, and the union are built more like that kind of team now because they can hold the ball with good passers like Madunian and Elliot and Keegan Rosenberry and Alejandro Bedoya. So they're, they're built more like a classic, like Gagan pressing, uh, counter-pressing kind of team whereas you know a lot of times you know the traditional high press was more of an aggressive offensive kind of thing to win the ball and, and counter-attack and turn you over quickly so right. now we'll see how it plays out with, with Tanner you know? Andrew Dillon given this is the last year of Curtin's contract what if anything do you think it would take to uh, re-sign him if he's even in Tanner's plans a uh, USAC win um, a playoff series win or both 
So it's hard to tell without really knowing Tanner. Like, we didn't know Ernie Stewart. We kind of realized after a few months that Ernie and Jim got along well. It's possible Ernst and Jim will, will get along well, too. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I mean, if he's going just on results, he's got to like what he's seen so far in the last two weeks. And if they win the Open Cup and make the playoffs, I think that's a good case for Jim. If they make, if they win the Open Cup and win a playoff game, I think he should definitely stay. But uh, I'm... I, I don't know. He might want to clean the slate, like no matter what, and bring in his own guy. It, it, well, it's, it's hard to tell without knowing him. Yeah, and the, I'll add to that the wrinkle that I would say too is then if you bring Jim back for next year, I mean, what kind of contract is he signing? You're not gonna just cautiously give a coach a one-year contract because no coach in their right mind was gonna sign that. You know, does he sign a two-year contract? But then you risk having another shitty year next year and then you're stuck buying him out if you want to fire him right Uh, it's just it's weird that it all coincides it all you know um comes comes together what's it called when the three rivers in pittsburgh come together a con convolute not convoluted congruence no not congruent uh (laughs) conversions (laughs) jesus christ (laughs) the confluence is that what i'm trying to baxter Well, do you you read Jim, the next question. I'll Google what the... What do you think Jim called. deserves to come back? I mean, I, I want to see what happens. I, you know, I want to see what happens after four years. I think he's doing a good job. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think, he's, I think he's doing a, a, a good job right now, but we could, I could sit here and say, yes, he deserves to come back, and then he could go out and lose yeah. four in a row. So I just, I, look I, at, I, I just I need know. to see the whole thing. You know? I guess I'm biased. I just look at him. I look at Ben Olsen. I think these are good, still good young coaches who are kind of working through things. And I look at... Other guys who come in the league, like Brad Friedel, I'm not a fan of. The, no. The New York City coach, who knows? I mean, they're, I don't think Velko Panovic is doing a particularly good job now in Chicago. So, I mean, I just look at guys that are brought in, and I'd almost rather stick with the Jim Curtins and the Ben Olsen's long terms. I, I think these guys work Dude. well with players and – um, they're, they're good to build around. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't I just I just need to see a full – Confluence. It's called Confluence. I had it right, right? Is Isn't that what I said? said? I don't know. I think one of us did. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Ohio River, the Allegheny River, and the Monongahela River okay. in Pittsburgh. Um, wasn't Three Rivers Stadium a stadium? Yeah. Is that where the Pirates yeah. used to play? Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right, what's next? All right. Um, John Harris, assuming the uh, USAC trophy and, and playoff win, will ownership pay what is necessary to keep Borak Doshkal, do you have any idea if Chinese contracts have the same flaw that MLS contracts have that allow players to leave per FIFA rules, uh, lack of a player option? I don't know about that, but yeah. how much mo- how much money do they it's get gonna for c- winning the Open Cup? I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to cost a lot to bring Doshkal back. Um, well, and how are they going to flesh out? Because you need to have a deeper <laughs> roster to, if you're playing in the okay, Champions yeah. League, too. I can't even imagine what they're going to do for those games. They're going to have to get guys from like Bethlehem up and it would suck to to win that prize money and then have to use it to make a loan permanent but I mean if you yeah. want to if you want to play at the big boys table then welcome yeah. you know I mean if you're going to sit here and host a game against uh you know whoever from from CONCACAF uh you know Pachuca or some, or some shit like that then yeah you know you don't want to you don't want to get there and then be embarrassed you know did a comm show enough to stay in the 18 no no not <laughs> at all no. You don't like a com at all. Yeah, I just I, I mean now with the wingers you got Elsino off the bench. What is he? What is he? What has David Akam nah. done to say that he earns? I he thought he was okay in the last game. I guess you didn't like him at all. I th- thought he was decent. He, 
just runs straight out of defender. Him and Fafa are similar, but have but Fafa just is more exciting. He takes guys on more. He's he's more active. Better decision, more better work. decision yeah. making in the final third too. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen David Akam get on the ball, run right at a defender, and like either clatter into him or lose the ball, or, or he'll beat the first guy and then he'll run into the next guy, or he'll like lose the ball. I, I just don't even. It's a disappointing one. Yeah, I don't I don't even really know what's going through his head, but. Uh, I, I mean, Jim Curtin seems... It uh, seems like a lost season. Seems like he wants to play him out of it, I guess, you know. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll read one here. Okay. Uh, from Dills. Uh, oh, you already read that one, right? Is that a double on? Double up there? I started from the top on yours, so if you want to go to the bottom... Uh, let me read this one. Okay. Um, John Mark says, should I renew my tickets for next year? Sure. I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it depends if you like if you if, if you like going in the stadium, if it, if it's worth it financially, if it's fun. How much does yeah, how much does winning and losing matter for you, you know? Yeah. Or wait until you see what happens with the Open Cup final. I don't know when's the de- is there a deadline? I don't know what the deadline know. is. I think I they're renewing I, now. If they win the Open Cup and then next year you can market a home game against uh, you know, Cholos or whatever, then f- yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh okay, we'll get to McGovern's question now. Sure. Ajax versus uh, Dinamo Kiev. Who you got? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There you go. Probably Ajax. I mean, Dinamo, whatever. Um, uh, David Meyer, okay. MLS Cup or paved parking lots first? <laughs> <laughs> uh, MLS Cup, probably. Yeah. Because that's just not a priority, right? I don't I mean, think they want to pave asked, We asked Tim about it last year, and he's just like, what do I, he's, he's like, what do we get out of paving the parking lots? Well, Jay Sugarman keeps talking about a campus down there. I'm like, what are you, where's the campus going to be? Like, just do something. <laughs> like, build one thing. I don't like know. Like the Temple University campus? Yeah. Like the McDonald's on the... I, I think they're still envisioning, like, this amazing waterfront. It's like, I mean, I don't really see it at this point. Uh, Matt, at Bracelet Thrower, says, are there any good pumpkin beers? Oh, yeah, I saw that one. Yo, it's August 22nd. I'm not ready to talk about pumpkin beer. That, it always starts in August now. It's crazy. Yo, isn't it like funny you wait how like August, like August 31st, you're like sweating your ass off and you're wearing shorts and you're at the beach. And then like what? September 1st pumpkin. comes along and everybody's like football and pumpkin beer. Yeah. And uh, sweatpants. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready. I, I like I, the fall. I, per- I personally believe, as uh, Miss Teen South Carolina once said, uh, that all these people who are like yearning for cooler weather, like, can fuck off, man. Oh, I don't agree with that. I are mean, you're cool. Are you a cold weather? Person? I'm not a cold weather guy, but the yeah, fall is probably my favorite season. I like the fall, but September's dude, a good like, month. Like this summer was just like all like hot and humid, and then like rainstorms and stuff yeah. like that. Like all these people like yearning for like like cooler. weather. You should weather. like the fall. It's it's college football. Well, I do. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like the first couple weekends of college football are great. Um, we got, uh, we got a big uh, season opener too, but I'll, I won't talk about that. Ah, uh, good. Oh, are there any good pumpkin beers? Yeah, um, yeah. The Line of Kugels one is actually really very good, and um, I think Saranac makes a good one too. Yeah. Um, and who does Pumpkin? Oh yeah, it's a good one. Is that, MP- I is that, that uh, yeah, I think so. uh, Southern Southern Tier. I want to say sure. Uh, Frank asks: Is Sapong out wide actually working, or does it only look better as Burke is starting up top? Plenty of other options for the right side. It's it's definitely worked the last couple of games, right? It's been better there. Yeah, I mean, I think at this point you gotta start Burke at the nine every game. You, you know, you're six and zero oh when he starts. I mean, here's my I'm gonna him. write 
You can keep talking. I'm going to write down my preferred starting 11 at this point. All right, I'm going to keep talking about this or go to the next you question. You keep talking about that. <laughs> I'll go to the next one. Uh, Justin Freeberg asked, with this crazy last part of the season, will Curtin rotate his roster, going to test the real depth of this team with the remaining schedule? Um, you know, he hates talking about the squad rotation thing. I, I, I think he will. I think they have some good depth right now with, like we were just talking about on the wings with uh, – Sapong, Elsino, Herbers, Fafa, Com. They could definitely rotate a little bit there. I mean, Jones and Fontana are always options to play in the middle. But um, yeah, it'll it'll be tough with the Open Cup and all those games next month. Uh, okay, here's my um, here's my preferred starting eleven uh, right now. Uh, back to front, Andre Blake, Ray Gaddis on the left, Austin Trusty, Jack Elliott, Keegan Rosenberry. Um, in the midfield, I have. Harris Madunian and Derek Jones. Um, I have Doge Call at the 10. I have Pico playing on the left. I have Bedoya playing on the right, and I have Corey Burke up top. So my front four is Pico, Burke, Bedoya, Doge Call, and that lets you bring in Ilsenio off the bench. And Sapong. Sapong off the bench. Akam. Akam off the bench. Craval can come in. Herbert's and, and, off the bench. Yeah, I mean, Craval can come in and be uh, you know that defensive sub. He's He's been effective in that role this year. Uh, McCarthy would be your goalkeeper, and uh, you could throw, yeah, Her- Herbers it's, or whoever. It's a good idea to talk about. I like Sapong, and I'll see you off the bench. And McKenzie, McKenzie's your final bench guy, right? You just yeah. know that Jim's not moving Badoya off the eight to the wing, so that's not going to happen. This no, year, but I so. just said, did we ever get an explanation why? I think he just he values Bedoya. He thinks kind of he thinks Bedoya is the best player on the team, so they're just trying to put him in that. I, I, I think he likes him at the eight. I, I think that was the plan all along, and I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like we've all asked the question, I think, about switching positions, and he's just yeah. Now, does De- okay? So really if, I, if you it. if you do this lineup that I'm talking about here, does Derek Jones give you enough passing that they continue that? that possession that they have yeah i mean i like jones i just wrote about him fans love him they want to see him play more i think at the very least he should be the first guy off the bench before craval um it's kind of been an up and down year he's been good the past couple weeks ever since seeing his four friends go to atlanta for the homegrown game while he got to watch that at home i think it was was motivating for him he's been pretty good since then he was good in portland uh when no one else was and He's been closing out some games. He's a good guy to close out games, too, because he's big, and people kind of bounce off him, and he, he could hold the ball in the corner. So I'd like yeah. to see more of Jones. I just, at, at this point, they're just not messing with Harrison. No, I mean, if it ain't broke, yeah. yeah. I, and I don't think it's broken. I just think it could be better. All right, what else you got in there? Is D- Neil says, is DC for real? Yes. Yes. I think yeah, they are. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like Ariola a lot. He's been good. Uh, Austin says, I think Stone Cold Steve Austin writing for The Athletic would be entertaining and insightful. I agree. Yeah? Yeah. I've been doing this dumb joke every day for like the last week. Okay. I don't think people really get it. Some people like it. Some people don't. <laughs> Connor Randall, some of yeah, the since past... Everybody, since everybody's joining <laughs> The Athletic right now, it's feel, like feels like you get... you like For, uh, yeah, like, yeah, every, yeah. for like every every day for like four months, it was like, why I'm joining The Athletic? Why well, there's I'm a, joining The Athletic? <laughs> There's a columnist this week that said wrote a column for his newspaper why I'm not joining the athletic. <laughs> yeah, he, I saw. He, Luke DeCock, he's a pen grad. Yeah, he had an opportunity to. He's like, I believe it in newspapers, in newspapers which yeah. I respect. I mean, yeah. if he has a good job at his paper and he's loyal, I have no problem with that. Uh, yeah, I just found it funny yeah, because yeah. it was like because then the joke became like, well, like who isn't 
yeah. joining the athletic. So I think my dumb joke is that but I, just p- I pick a different random. You should subscribe to the athletic. Was me and Matt are excellent. Yeah, writers. I've uh, I've been a subscribe. I've been an athletic <laughs> subscriber for uh, probably since like the first month or the second month or whatever. Because nice. I I was always reading um, Derek and Rich and Mike's yeah, uh, Sixer stuff. Yeah. And I think and Bo- Shield, Shields um yeah that, Eagle stuff too. I think Bo and Shield are pretty good in the Eagles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, Mike says, how many away points can the Union steal from their remaining road games? D.C., Orlando, Seattle, Columbus, New York City. So y- you'd think probably zero from Seattle and New York City. Um, they can win both of them. If they could win in Orlando, that's three. They can get a draw maybe in Columbus or D.C. You'd like to see maybe t- two wins might be asking a lot. They already have four road wins. Yeah. So maybe one more win and two more ties. They're not going to finish the season with six road yeah. wins, are they? Like, so maybe five points yeah. out of five games, which isn't terrible. Yeah, yeah. What uh? What else do we have here? Um, uh, Rich Ellis, do we miss an opportunity as a podcast to name Baxter Dogzo? <laughs> Dog so, yeah. <laughs> Denial of those going up. Do you want to be called dog so? <laughs> hey, why'd you go with Baxter? That's so cliche and ordinary. Dogs so is much better. No, that's just what his name was when we oh, res- when we rescued it. him. Yeah, so he I wouldn't have known the difference. You you could change it now to dog. I don't so. think he even knows what his name is right yeah. now. Baxter, dog so. See, he didn't even turn around. He did. He turned. And his Ima- fan- but imagine if like I like <laughs> if I'm at the dog park and people are like, what's your dog's name? Oh, it's Dog So. Short for not <laughs> short for yeah. denial of a girl scoring. What up does that day. mean? Oh, well, it's basically like <laughs> when you pull a guy down. <laughs> he also asks his fans, should we should we should we be rooting for the homegrown center back to overtake the super draft center back, or does it not matter as long as the back line is playing well? No, it doesn't. Yeah, matter. Yeah, you, you don't think it matters. Yeah. I like I said before, I think they like the idea of the two homegrowns together. Uh, but like you said, Jack Elliott's still young. He's good. So I mean, I, but it's I all sentimental. I mean, at the end of the day, like yeah. it's a good story, but it's all sentimental shit. You know, I've said before, like the you know Philadelphia 76ers starting five features a dude from Australia, a dude from Cameroon, a dude from Croatia, a dude from Chicago, and where is uh, JJ Redick from? Uh, like Kentucky or something? Tennessee? He's from Tennessee. Yeah. So, Indiana? yeah, I mean, I, I know that's a weird example because it's not like you have home, you know, well, basketball academies or whatever, but at the end of the day, like, the, that really doesn't matter. Yeah. Wait, you think it doesn't matter? I think it's kind of cool to have guys who've been in the system since they were 10 and they're from Philly. I think what we should do maybe is do a, a poll question for fans. Like, does it matter to you if if a guy is from the area and yeah. is a homegrown or do you just want to win? And I think it'll be interesting to see the results. Um, yeah. I mean, I think maybe it's, I'll do a, it's like, but it's maybe like I'll do a poll di- question. Yeah. But isn't there like, well, it's like two different things though, really, you know, like it's a good story and it's cool and it shows that like they're putting kids through the academy, but they also already do have academy products on the field. It's not like it's like Mark McKenzie hinges on like it's not like the entire success of the academy hinges on Mark McKenzie. Right. You know? No, because Austin Trussie's out just, there. It's more of a philosophy thing. Like the union want to long term have maybe five or six homegrowns yeah. in the eleven, where a team like there are other good teams like maybe Portland that just kind of buys young players from like South America yeah. or from Europe. So it's like, do you care if there's a few uh, local kids on? on your lineup or do you, well, it's or do you just want to uh, just win with the best players no matter what? And, yeah. and you have no interest. I think that's what it comes down to. Well, going back to McGovern, if fans care, McGovern's bullshit about Ajax or whatever. Um, the, you know, the, a couple of years ago, that Europa league final where it was Ajax against Manchester United, like people took 
like neutrals took very divided sides on that game based on what their philosophy was of like player development and like, you know, quote unquote playing it the right way. Here comes Ajax total football with a bunch of kids that they produced on their own versus stodgy Mourinho is just going to park the bus. Right. And Manchester United won. And it was seen as like, kind of like a defeat for like youth development and doing things quote unquote the right way because Manchester United scored a couple goals and just parked the bus. So, but at the end of the day, like, you know, me being a defender my entire life, like I don't, I, I think there's different ways to play the game. And like, there's, there's, you know, people say the beautiful game is ticky tock a passing the ball and blah, blah, blah. Well, I think there's also like beauty in like crushing some dude in the slide tackle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, or parking the bus brilliantly and playing a defensive game. So I don't, I just always found that interesting how some people seem to think that like that, that youth development thing is also quote unquote the right way. And like equate that to like, game style and like philosophy and things like that you know asa would greater marketing and promotion effort by the team uh move the needle at all in philly or would it just be a, a waste of money i mean once again they do marketing and promotion stuff in the city you know you see the guys on like the weather broadcasts on the local news and yeah, yeah. things like that they they have like autograph sessions i i don't know is there, is there more they could do to get people in the city besides just actually playing in the city at this point or, or getting like the younger crowd i i mean like we talk about this all the time i have friends who like soccer and they're like uh do i want to go to a union game it's out in chester it's just it feels like it it, it does feel like it's hard to really uh move the uh, needle sometimes but I, i'm not sure what the team could do short of moving this stadium to to fix that at this point yeah i mean i think people are aware of the team and know what the team is i think it's just uh you gotta win you know, yeah. that's really the best. That's what comes that's, down to. That's it too. only marketing. Yeah, win, really yeah. yeah. Jesse yeah. Simpson, is it worth it to go down to uh, Houston to watch the Open Cup final? Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I, not well, I said like it's not the best. Have you ever been? I, I, I've never even been there. I've been to a few no. cities in Texas. I don't think I've been to Houston. I'm going to um, Texas for the first time in November. Where have you? Where have you state. been? I've been to Austin for a bachelor party. Okay. I went to Lubbock in college to watch the Penn women's team <laughs> play in the NCAA tournament and get crushed by Texas Tech. Tech. Okay. It was the same weekend Bobby Knight was there. To Lubbock like, is to like not an easy interview. place to get to. Yeah, I, I took a plane and then like a really small plane yeah. after that. Uh, I've been to, I think I covered a Sixers Mavericks game back when I was like the backup Sixers writer at my old newspaper. So well, they sent you to. Yeah, uh, they used Dallas to send it. They used wow. to send a reporter everywhere. Was this was this during the, day. the Halcyon days of like. <laughs> yeah, the send of. Jeff, who I don't even. Who, I mean, who was coaching before Collins and Jordan? Before Cheeks. It was probably like 2007 or something. Yeah, so I was in Dallas. <laughs> the Eddie Jordan years. It was. It, it is weird to think uh, about like why newspapers send people everywhere because I feel like I got nothing out of the trip except just like a normal game story that I probably. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't travel for. You know, it's not like Crossing Broad has a massive travel budget or a travel budget at all, but I didn't travel to the Sixers playoff games this year. Because there was already forty people right. going each one of them, and all the the coaches' press conferences yeah. are being broadcast live. If you can't get anything exclusive, or I mean, yeah, it's really it's really not worth it. Um, uh, home sweet soccer. Who goes overseas first, Derek Jones or Jack Elliott? Parentheses. Elliot ha Elliot has the UK citizenship. I mean, Elliot's probably not a top prospect. He could probably play English second division, maybe or he third. Could, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, he could play for like a championship team what do you think mm, maybe, maybe yeah uh yeah i don't know that's a good question i don't know what jones's 
trajectory is right now. So, or was it Jones or Trusty that they asked? He, he mentioned Jones. I oh, mean, okay. yeah, yeah, Jones has to do something more in MLS. I mean, he's still a pretty good prospect just because of his size and his age, and he's a good player. But uh, yeah, he's got to play more here first. What do you got? Any more questions there? Uh, I don't know. It looks like a lot of people are just talking. McKen- you didn't get um, Mackenzie versus Elliot. Who do you go with now? Elliot. You you, do, yeah, um, I guess you got to keep Elliot in, yeah. You uh, solicited for people to, uh, <laughs> for political questions, too, well, right? I just saw your tweet, like, right before I sent that about the third party. We don't actually have to. Uh, you think, oh, wait. You, you can take, well, we've got, like, five minutes someone, here. If you think I'm a filthy moderate, right? So before we know. get to that, someone did talk about uh, I'm Union Hulk. Uh, something about the Red Bulls. Oh, did, yeah, you what, see is, this? what yeah. is going on here? Uh, uh, I can't find it on here. What's I think the there's, like, about? a shirt of, like, a Hulk in a red bull shirt like it was a combination of a red bull and a hulk so people were like like the the hulk from the avengers like the actual right the actual hulk, hulk not yeah union hulk okay and he was wearing a new york red bull yeah shirt so people were like is this uh is he transferring <laughs> to the red bulls and it was big controversy so i don't know but he didn't ask a question this time yeah i don't, it's I don't know it's you throw these... oh wait yeah this exception he did say something Hulk think Red Bull tried to steal Hulkie. It was Hulkie and a few goober NYCFC fans <laughs> got into it. Red Bull are still sloppy butt cheeks. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, well, I you know, I don't know. Um, I, I think Hulk is ours. And then uh, Mike Cervetio yeah. d- did ask a, that politics thing I, what after I solicited. Who from the union press corps should run as a third party in the next presidential election? <laughs> it's got to be you, right? Uh, yeah, but I'm not really like a... Politics, in the union yeah. press corps again yeah i'm just a jaded i i don't like any real politicians at all All right though. so i have five minutes to you know you know i'm not a donald trump fan i, I just like try to like look at the macro like perspective of like what like how, like how did we've how did american politics get to where we are yeah. right now i just think when you say something like yeah i don't like trump but Jim Acosta shouldn't be doing this i don't like trump but all politicians are bad and we should vote third party it just like it kind of buries the lead. I think like Donald Trump being bad should always be <laughs> the top story. <laughs> like the, the top 10 stories. When you look at just what kind of person he is, he's reading on Twitter, playing golf, watching Fox news, playing the role of, of president. I can't believe I'm talking about politics on this podcast. Well, I'm I think like, to cir- and- well, to circle it all up, like I, you know, I think when I like say that stuff about Jim Acosta, like I just want us as whether you're a political writer reporter or a sports writer like we are um i think we should always be looking at ourselves too to to you know to see if we're doing things the way we should be doing and if our readers are responding to what we're writing yeah. and and just make sure we have the trust of of the people who who pay our bills and yeah. and consume the product you know i just feel, I, I just feel like a little bit in his case like there was a little bit of a like I don't know. Like, woe is me. Like, the president doesn't like me kind of thing. And maybe the president's a but total I, fucking asshole. That's yeah, fine. But well, I just I just want Jim Acosta also at the same time, like, to say, like, you know, hey, am I, let's, let me just do a self-audit here. Am I doing what I should be doing? Am I doing a good job, you know, just reporting the facts and not making it a, a, about myself? I, I don't know. I, I just want us to, like, we the media to also just, like, look at ourselves, too, during the whole thing, you know? What would you do if you were in a big stadium, you were in an enclosed press pen, you hear the president say, the people behind you are the enemy of the people, they're fake news, and then everyone turns at once and they curse at you and they boo at you? If you were mm-hmm. a, a woman in that situation and, and, and he calls you out by name, as he's done to, 
to reporters? Yeah. Would you yeah. feel like you're going to be attacked? Would you feel unsafe? Well, my cop like, out is... I think a lot of that stuff comes down to the fact that at these rallies, the press is put in a position where they it's it's unheard of that they're being called this. The enemy of the people is absurd, as you oh, know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just... it's yeah. It's not safe to... Well, I think that my my cop-out answer would just be like that. I don't think they should be there anyway, you know? Like, because you put a camera in front of the guy and you turn him into like a... Like, like, I don't know if there's a sports example of it or whatever, but like... um, I don't know. I'm trying to find like a. Like I don't think they should be there now. I do think there's value. I did do a story on Ashley Parker and... I do think there's value in covering a campaign from the beginning to the end and just just like really like embedding w- with a candidate and going to all the rallies yeah, and yeah, all the yeah. events because you do get to know them a lot. And um, yeah, nowadays you covering Trump in West Virginia and he's kind of do you see some of his quotes? <laughs> he's like, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's what I, I'll say. I don't here, know. Here, maybe we can maybe we can tie a bow on it this right. way. Like if if Jim Curtin or or like if like Ernie Stewart came out and said like Dave Zeitlin, you are you are fake news, you know. <laughs> Like I would, I, or if he said that to me, like, uh, or, or like say when Jim yelled at me about the CJ thing, like two years ago, like, yeah, I would want to fight back and defend myself. But at the same time, I would also like, hopefully I can at least like take a look in the mirror and say, Hey, was, was I at least being fair with my criticism of CJ or whatever? I just don't, I feel like we, like we, the media, our people like kind of created the whole Trump thing. Cause we put him on TV all the time. We went to all the rallies. Because it was good business. People just liked reading all the shit. And um, 2016, he was on TV every other night and or every night, and people couldn't get enough of it. So, and now I think I think part of it is our creation, if that makes sense. You know? And now he literally watches Fox News and plays golf and tweets all the time and yeah. is pretending to be president, basically. Which is what I think. What I think what my father-in-law is probably doing right now. But that's okay. <laughs> that's who you should be talking to. <laughs> talk to your family members who voted for Trump. Don't just tweet at well, the he's people. Like, he's like 80 years old anyway. T- so. Talk. Yeah, you have other people in your family. Just hang on. Just, listen, just hang on for like another two years or probably well, maybe he's, he's not going to make it. He that might, long. might not even make it that long, but we're, uh, we're only talking about positive things on this, uh, <laughs> on, no the, more on the positivity podcast, which, and I always get to this point. I can't remember what episode we're on, but it's either 55 or 56. So thanks again, everybody for listening to, uh, the, the interview with Bobby, um, last week. Thanks for listening to 55 minutes of union talk. And five five minutes. I don't, of I don't even think it was five. I think it was ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I feel like I don't even talk about politics much. So and if you're still, it. if you've made it to this point, then you get a song at the end or something. Yeah, we'll play you out with. Uh, you want to pick a song? I'll play <laughs> something out here. I'll give you some uh, old school hip hop starting right about um, "I the Tiger." That's my kid's new favorite song. Didn't we play that last time? That was "Africa" by uh, Toto. Oh, okay. All right. I'll try to get you "I the Tiger" <laughs> starting. Now.